Newton half hearted play action fakes it to pass in his own. Yes, touchdown to Greg Olson. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Hello, welcome to the Keep Sounding Podcast. This is Brian, joined by John as always. John, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, Brian, just like we talked before the show. I'm just in a fantastic mood. Nothing's going. (laughs) Nothing could possibly go wrong. Everything's great. Sunshine, rainbows, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Unicorns, yep. That's Mm -hmm. not even related to football. No, not even. I mean, it couldn't couldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, football wouldn't be a good thing. It's yeah. our, uh, you know what this is though. This is, is our uh, every time the Panthers switch play callers, we have a podcast. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but yeah, we didn't we we didn't plan that ahead of time. We just decided we were going to have a show this week, but then all of a sudden Frank Reich decided to take the play calling duties from Thomas Brown. So I guess that's a good way, a good place to start. Um, the offense hasn't looked great over the last few weeks. Counterpoint, they didn't look good before either. No, they didn't, though. <laughs> it's. Yeah, I... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so well, I guess I'll ask, I was going to ask you, uh, does it feel, because we had this like kind of conversation of like either or, or is it both, of like, is this panic? Is this not knowing what they're doing? Or is it both? I feel like it's a little bit of both. I I don't really know why. And maybe I don't know. I don't remember ever hearing about this with other past uh, owners, but the whole like weekly meeting with Frank Reich, basically just, it sounds like basically just to tell him how much the team sucks probably isn't helpful. Yeah. Uh, Cause Frank Reich was getting criticized. He handed the play calling over to Thomas Brown. They made it seem like that was the plan. Then they scored 13 points each over the last two weeks. And now all of a sudden Frank Reich is calling the plays again. And I don't know. It's one of those things where I don't know what exactly Thomas Brown had to work with. They made it sound like the playbook was like 50, 50 Frank Reich and Brown, but things Mm -hmm. weren't all that different when Brown was calling the plays. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what we think we're missing these last three weeks. Cause it's like, I guess um, it's like a little bit. I mean, like technically the scores are lower, but um, it, it's not like they were good before. So I don't know why Frank Reich's like, oh, well, maybe we'll let's get back to where we were before this because it wasn't working. Right. I don't know. It's it's kind of a collection of things. Like obviously the the play calling hasn't been great though. I've seen points where people say that you know the offense is running what. Frank Reich designed it to, but this is not bright. Bryce Young's not executing the way it needs to be. And maybe it's because they are, it's one of those situations where they're running an offense. That's where it's more so that they need to conform to the play calling rather than conforming to the players that are in it. So I don't know. It's, it's very frustrating, I guess, to say the least. Um, Yeah. That Colts game was, was abysmal. The bears game was also abysmal. But the Colts game was really bad because they they were moving the ball all right and then just turnovers, turnovers, yeah, yeah, I yeah, and that was and that was I don't know it's the so I was at the Colts game, mm-hmm. and it's even more obvious when you're there just like 
how bland and anemic and unsuccessful the offense is, I guess. Like, it, it's just, there's just <clears throat> nothing to do. Like, there's no lanes for running backs to run through. There's no pocket for Bryce Young to operate out of. There's no open receivers for him to throw to. It's just every. It's just bad. Like there's nothing there at all. There's nothing the... schemed open. There's, there's nothing yeah. schemed open. There's nothing easy. It's just like it, it reminds me of like the Mike Shula offenses. Yeah. After yeah, you know, in their like the the Cam era of just like I don't know what we're supposed to do here. Like there's just we're running like very simple concepts, and every now and then we'll run a play like. It was I can't remember which game it was, but we ran like uh Miles Sanders like came across it like ran out was was in the slot and ran across her and Adam Thielen came out of the backfield and ran like a little angle route behind him, which like the route concept was perfect. It just I loved that the predictability of like we want this is where the ball's supposed to go, so let's put Adam Thielen in that position, even though we'll put Adam Thielen at running back and Miles Sanders a wide receiver because we're gonna throw the ball to the running back. Like not that it was <laughs> that predictable in the moment, but just like I feel like that's also kind of representative of the offense that the Panthers have been running of like very rigid. uh, Like this is what we like. We want to like, I've seen people pointing out the like play the splits when it's like Miles Sanders versus uh, Chuba Hubbard in the game from like run passes and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know where you can basically call the plays based on who's on the field. Yeah. I don't know. There's part. The other problem is that the times that, things actually do work out scheme wise. It's very rare where Bryce young and the receiver are on the same page, like uh, mm-hmm. times where he, he makes that anticipation throw it was the correct read and the receiver just never doesn't catch it, whether they drop it, whether Bryce young misses him a little bit. So it's like one of those things where nothing is <laughs> they, really, they stop. No he thinks they're going to keep yet. going. They break out. He thinks they're going to break in. Yeah. It's just nothing's working. There's been a couple of nice plays where I see it. Like there was the long throw to Jonathan or the long run by Jonathan Mingo. I think it might've been against the Texans, but um, where he broke out, he ran a really pretty route, then broke Mm. out, broke the defensive backs ankles. It turned into like a 30 to 40 yard gain. Then last week we had that, that guy they brought up from the practice squad, uh, Strawn. And that was a 40 yard completion. Like, so there's flashes there, but there's so many times where they have these negative plays. Like the good example was last week, then coming out of their own end zone or close to it, all of a sudden, Miles Sanders loses six yards because there's there's penetration in the interior. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I guess if it was, I guess it, the expectation was that there would be, the, the offense would be a little more, uh, well oiled at this point and obviously mm. they're not now we're seeing we're seeing an offense where there's a, it's a rookie quarterback obviously the offensive line injuries didn't help i mean they've had backups playing at guard and that's never good and the new wide receivers i mean adam Thielen's really the only one who's consistently on the same page with price so mm-hmm. i don't know i'm kind of just hoping that as the season progresses we'll see them look a little more well oiled i'm not expecting them to win a lot of games but i just kind of want to watch a cohesive offense that isn't throwing the ball that is throwing the ball a little bit more down the field. And we're seeing a little more of that connection that you want to see on those intermediate routes where Bryce Young's throwing with the anticipation. So, yeah, it, 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 anticipation, like, cause that's, that was his big, you know, everybody talks about processing and anticipation that doesn't really do you much good 
if like the players you're playing with are like unanticipatable. Like they're not they're not they're not seeing the same things that you're seeing. Like it doesn't matter how fast you can or read if a defense. They're slow. Or if they're slow and or if they can't separate. But yeah, like if you're like if you're seeing windows and your the guys aren't getting there or they're not whether by like timing wise or just like reading what they're like reading where they're supposed to be, like it doesn't really matter if there's no one to throw it to there. And like you yeah, said, we and... see it, we see it. I mean, we have that there's that uh the tweet out there, we, it was like the same thing we kind of cited at the beginning of the year, and it's still mm-hmm. true. Where his like percentage of throws to open receivers is like abysmally low compared to the rest of the league, but he's also like the most accurate quarterback in the league when he does get to throw to an open receiver. And yeah. some of that is on Bryce for like not trusting so what he sees sometimes, but also it's like it's 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 wild how bad it is. Yeah, it's a combination of things. I mean, I still see, I do see what other people are saying with the hesitation to make those tight, tight window throws. Though pretty much a, a lot of the throws he makes to begin with are tight window throws. But yeah, it's it's something that I expect to see get better once as he as he uh, continues to play in the league, gets a little bit better feeling for his receivers. But yeah, it's just it's just very rough to watch and. Uh, one of the things that really annoys me is so I think it was the Bears game might have been the Bears game. But uh, there's a, f- a friend of mine, actually, Spencer, friend of the show. Yeah. Um, Vikings fan. As Adam Thielen on his on his fantasy team at my recommendation early in the season, like mm-hmm. before the draft, I said he's going to be a target sponge. And sure enough, I turned out to be correct because I'm right about most things, Panthers. <laughs> um, and he was bitching because that fourth down throw where uh Bryce missed the receiver and or it was I think it was tipped away because the downed defensive or the down the down defensive lineman or linebacker dropped back unexpectedly yeah, yeah, and yeah. knocked the ball out of his hands and he was like Adam Thielen was wide open down the field it's like okay but that's a coaching issue because the the play was designed for Bryce Young to drop back and throw it immediately it was not mm-hmm. for him to stand in the pocket and read a bunch of things so that's a that's a general like fan misconception I think yeah. of like quarterback play where they're like watching like the the broadcast view like or like the all twenty two view and then they're just looking at the whole field and being like this guy over here is open it's just like well how is he supposed to see that if he's supposed to look on the other side of the field first like well, <laughs> and yeah it's also it's not like the defense is a bunch of stones either they they right. react to what they see the quarterback doing and yeah you, you can't also expect- you also don't have sorry you also don't have time if like your first read is open. You don't have time to like. Let me double check and see if the second read is even more open. And then if it isn't, then I'll come back to the first read and throw it to him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a very binary like good enough or not. And if it's yes, you throw it. There's no like, well, oh, the guy, this other guy was wide open. Let me throw it over there instead. Because if if you go to check that, you're not gonna have time to come back to the first thing. Yeah, not that it was and, a good throw by Bryce, but like, yeah, that it's a thing that happens. He missed one. And well, he and that's the that's the, the unfortunate thing is it's not all on the coaching staff because there are plenty of times where there are people open where Bryce just sees the one guy and throws it. And mm-hmm. granted, that's not a horrible strategy for a rookie quarterback, especially in a situation like this. But there are also times to to fairly criticize Bryce where he didn't go through his progressions properly, threw a ball to a guy where they had no business getting the first down. So I don't know. It's very frustrating, but hopefully. Somewhere, somehow, the things start to click, and maybe it'll start with the offensive line. Uh, 
they released Calvin Throckmorton yesterday, <laughs> um, who seemed to be a better pass rusher or pass blocker than run blocker, but wasn't really particularly good at both. So now we're looking at now that Austin Corbett's back at right guard, he's going to make his third start. They're going to be looking at either Chandler Zavala, the rookie fourth round pick, or mm-hmm. Cade Mays, who was a sixth round pick last year, starting at that position. So I'm curious to see how that works out for them. Most likely the Cowboys are going to destroy the Panthers regardless because they have one of the best, they have one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. They have the pass best pass rush rusher. Is, in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. They actually, they have the best depending on like, I like to look at the ESPN's like pass block and pass rush and run block win rates and stuff, which obviously is just one stat. It's not gospel, but Micah Parsons is the best pass rusher in the league and the Cowboys uh, are the best pass rushing team in the league. So, yeah, I mean, it helps yeah. when you have Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and uh, Dante Fowler. And, oh, apparently Sam Williams had a really great game last year as an edge rusher or last week as an edge rusher as well. So, yeah, you know, it's not great. It's not great when you're facing that many good pass rushers in one game. Yeah. Um, They're going to put so Micah be... Parsons on the defensive right on the Panthers offensive left, and he's going to just like literally run a circle around Icky and throw Bryce Young like into the first row. That's one thing we should touch on real quick as well. Just Icky is it's unfortunate because if you look at him from a quantitative standpoint, he's been probably one of their best pass rushing uh, tackle or pass defense or pass offense tackles. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> here, but every, when he makes a mistake, it looks fucking horrible every yeah. time. Like, you know, whether it's missing him and a lot of times it's more of a mental thing than him just getting mm. beat. Like a lot of times it's just him blocking the wrong person, him not being on the same page with the left guard, which can be understood because his first, his first season was with, was with Brady Christensen. He doesn't have him this year. So right. he has, and he, they, with that, that revolving door at guard, the communication yeah. issues and are going to Z- be there. Zavala but... was the, the partner he had for the, probably the most out of anybody so far. And he was like, what a, you know, really really bad guard yeah he's not a pass blocker either like i uh i really thought he would make sense on the right side and he kind of did for a few games but yeah they put him on that left side and he had an all-time bad performance against seattle (laughs) yeah so he's a rookie too so you got to give him time i mean fourth round picks don't all are not typically game one two three or four starters starters yeah yeah but maybe we'll see maybe we'll see something better but yeah i mean regardless if Micah Parsons beat the beats the brakes off Icky this week, I wouldn't hold it against him. I'd just be no. like, "Hey, it's Micah Parsons. He's just that good, you know." Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, like yeah, Micah Parsons is better than Icky. That doesn't mean Icky's bad. Just Micah Parsons is yeah. better than almost everybody he goes up against. I just like like you said, there's always there just feels like there's like one or two plays a game with Icky. That even if like the qual like the overall like you said like the total body of work is fine. There's just like the play, like you said, the play that he misses a standout. There's always feels like one or two games plays a game where he just doesn't block the person in front of him, or they like he loses focus or misread something and just like doesn't even touch the person that like beats him to the edge or gets beats him inside. Right. And it's just like, oh god, what happened there? And because you know if that's the nature of the offensive line, like you're not going to notice the, you know. The other the sixty-five reps. plays where they yeah, where the, the sixty-five reps where they blocked fine, you're gonna miss the you're gonna really remember the two or three where they get circled on the replay and be like, look at how this guy completely whiffed on his block and gave up the yeah. sack or gave up the pressure. Yeah. And your your tiny quarterback that people were already worried about lasting a sixteen game season got fucking buried. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's a great. It's a great. <laughs> to, to Bryson's credit, he does get uh like thrown around like a rag doll, and he doesn't seem phased at all. I and mean, he gets a little bit heavy feet a couple. He's had a couple times where you could tell he's starting to like anticipate the rush. But I mean, I don't, you can't blame him for that. But like for the most part, he seems he's done a good job of handling it like from a mental side of things. I'll, I'll give him credit for he still does stand in the pocket almost to his detriment too long. <laughs> but that's kind of like what you want a quarterback to do if you're trying to make a play down the field is stand in the in the pocket. Though the last couple games, he definitely has bailed a little bit sooner than you'd like but yeah there was he one is a sack rookie. near the yeah. end of the game of the bears where he like ran away from nobody to run into a sack but that, yeah and i remember and i hate that bryce young like the situation he's in like he's the situation he's in kind of magnifies his own mistakes right yes because it's like everyone around it this isn't this happens in sports in general when like he, he i would say he's not like the best player yet, but he's like the most important player long term he's the one that everybody has eyes on and when everyone around you is messing up and making mistakes, like you can't make mistakes because you're like you're the you're not you're the one that's not supposed to do this. Like we're right. all like we've been trying to defend you, saying like you've been fine, and it's a supporting cast. Like so, every time you know they're they're like the one open receiver he gets a game if he misses that throw, or the one time he runs into a sack, it's just like ah, see he sucks. That's and it's just like it's hard to like it. It just it hurts a little bit more when those when those things happen. Right, and it's it's a little it's obviously more magnified by the trade. I do remember the days yes. back when Cam Newton was first drafted, where people were saying that they should have taken Andy Dalton, they should have taken somebody like AJ yes. Green with the first pick. So it's not anything new. It's just unfortunately because of the fact that they traded away so much for Bryce Young, those yep. feelings are coming up a lot earlier because the coaching staff said he was the guy. They said that they thought they could win with him, and now we're seeing what typically happens with a rookie quarterback in a bad offensive situation so yeah yeah there's uh, yeah especially with like the quarterback crop that's in this draft class where it's like oh you mean we yeah. gave up this year's pick and missed out on a better quarterback prospect to get the guy last year and our team got worse like yeah not a great and yeah not a great look no not um, at all but yeah i think the one i don't know saving grace and i feel like the longer this goes the like the less these comparisons are apt but people do a good job finding good quarterbacks that had similar starts to their career as bryce has had yeah. so far so you know there's still hope joe burrow was similar it was like joe burrow trevor lawrence uh peyton manning troy peyton aikman Manning's, yeah i don't count those as much because they're so old like yeah that's like on a curve it's like Look at the yeah, like look at this quarterback from the 1980s. His stats, he's really good, and he's got the same stats as Bryce Young. It's like yeah, but really good quarterbacks in the 80s. If you took their statistical profile and put it in this year's, like in the current NFL kind of uh, arena, like it looks like Zach Wilson or something. Like somebody that needs to be yeah. benched. So, but like yeah, like Tr- Trevor Lawrence, uh, Joe Burrow, Jared Goff, I guess, which isn't like the ceiling you want, but he's good. Oh, now, well, Josh, even Josh Allen was a bit Josh of, Allen he was, was a pretty bit of a meme. bad. He was a meme in those first. He was, couple yeah, well, yeah, because everybody was like, Josh Allen's gonna suck because he sucked in college, and then when he was bad at the beginning of the NFL career, it's like, well, I can't believe the player that was bad in college is still bad in the NFL. And well, and then look at him; he's a good case study too. In that, like Brian Dable is the offensive coordinator, and they scheme a bunch of stuff up, and he's like a superstar best like best quarterback in the NFL, one of the top like three quarterbacks in the NFL, and now now he looks like trash again. Yep. Well yeah, not not quite, work. but you know, I know what you mean. <laughs> like statistically, like his his stats yeah. are 
have regressed heavily. Have regressed quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I and it's like I don't think he's from. yeah, I don't think he's I don't think he's gotten worse. You know, and the the offensive talent around him hasn't gotten worse. So it's like, you know, there's there's other factors at play here. Exactly. There's always other factors at play. But I don't know. It's me. <laughs> Before we move on to the defense, um, <laughs> Frank Reich, do you want to see him fired this year, John? I don't know if I could like be like a guy that's like, this is what they should do in firing a coach after one year. But at the current pace, I wouldn't be mad at it. That's kind of how I feel, too. I'm uh, very much in the, in theory, the theoretical, like, you know, you you <clears throat> move all of the emotion out of it and just look at it logically. And you say, well, no head coach ever has succeeded if they were only given one season. Like, mm-hmm. you're out. And... And I also really like Ajiro Evero, which we'll get into the defense here that in a was, second. I was going to say that too, yeah. Yeah, That's like Ajiro Evero, I respect the shit out of, and I feel like if you pull the plug on Frank Reich, you're pulling the plug on everybody else in this coaching staff because mm-hmm. you can't bring in a new head coach and expect them to just keep the entire coaching staff they have and just adapt to it. We're going to run into the same problem that we had with, with Frank Reich because all these new different minds that think differently are going to be in there, and clearly that's not working for them. Um, that said, if they fired Frank Reich and made a Jiro Evero the head coach, wouldn't be mad at all. No, I wouldn't either. Yeah. It, yeah. So I also think, think about like, and, and cherry picking isn't like a strong argument, but it's a thing that's just like, it's a possibility. Like the lions. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. But like the lions and Dan Campbell and the first season with Dan Campbell was a disaster. Mm-hmm. And then the second season with Dan Campbell started off as another disaster. And it's just like, yeah, this guy is just not a head coach. And then I don't know. Look at them now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what Thomas Brown like. I don't know how much of this offensive problem is like Thomas Brown not being what he's cracked up to be, and or how much of it is uh the players because the players. I mean, no matter how good the offensive coordinator is, the players aren't good on right. the Panthers' offense right now. But um, yeah. So like you know that, and that's kind of where you know Dan Campbell's got like the coordinators, and he's got uh. Was it Brian Johnson? Yeah, uh, Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson at uh at the ACDC team. Um, <laughs> yeah, as, yep. his, as his offensive coordinator, and that helps. But I think like the Panthers have a similar situation with Evero on defense, and uh, maybe Thomas Brown is supposed to be that kind of guy. But like, yeah, Dan Campbell's first season, they went three thirteen and one, and then they started out like one and six or something in a second season, and then finished nine and eight, and now they're seven and two. So like, you know, one year especially with how much of a change it is, doesn't necessarily like a fair shot. I think where things can, where it becomes more of a defensible decision to make a change is if stuff, not even if it's not trending up because the players are going to be the same. If stuff starts trending down, it's, it's hard to like, let's try it again next year. Yeah. And we're close to that point, I think on offense. Yeah, no, I understand the frustration. It's just one of those things where, I am just not 100% sold on pulling the plug on what they were trying to build because it looked good right. to begin with. But, you know, yeah. as long as, as if they if they found a way to retain Ajiro Evero and even Thomas Brown and let them kind of figure it out, maybe maybe I'd be all right with it. But regardless, let's talk let's talk about something positive. Ajiro Evero's defense. That guy's yeah. a fucking magician. 
That's that. Um, <laughs> Frank Reich needs to like go to bed every night and be like, or like, like be sneaking some like extra money to zero under the ta the table and being like, thank you for like minimally improving my job security because yeah. they are they've been crushing it since the bye week. Yeah, I mean, not that it's great competition, but yeah. Well, yeah, but the I Texans. mean, Houston, the Texans' offense has been amazing. The Colts, they basically allowed the same amount of offensive points as the Colts did, um, or the same amount of points on defense as the Colts did on their defense. Um, mm -hmm. Two pick sixes, unfortunately, sealed the deal. And the Bears, just the offense fucked us, basically. You know, like, yeah, right. But yeah, no. the fact that he's put together a competent defense that doesn't look like trash the entire game with all the players that have been out is just a testament to what kind of what kind of scheme or what kind of creator he is on defense. And this right. week, this week he might get JC Horn back and this week he will probably get Brian Burns back. So. And then play the Cowboys and look worse. Yeah. So maybe okay. Brian Burns and JC Horn are the problem because we'll, we can, we can boil it down that simply. Well, um, good. We're going to have a pretty elite. If, if JC Horn plays, we're going to have a pretty elite group of corners though. We're going to have yeah. Horn. Dante Jackson and DiCaprio Boodle. I mean, what, what's not to love about that? <laughs> not in in reverse order, like DiCaprio Boodle, like as the as the number one guy, right? Like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I like I like I like what he's been doing. I'll give yeah, him that. And and his name, um, <laughs> of course. But yeah, yeah, so the Panthers the Panthers are allowing three point nine yards per play over the last three games. So since the bye week, which is the second best in the league behind the Jets, and then like a pretty decent margin ahead of the Ravens and Cowboys and Cardinals who are the next three. Mm -hmm. Um so like they like like the Colts are meh. They're not like terrible offensively. They're meh and they were bad like the Panthers held them to nothing. The Bears are bad and the Panthers made sure of that. But like you said, the Texans have been like the, like look at the two the two things the Texans have done after that game. Like they shredded the Buccaneers and the Bengals. Yep. And they couldn't like CJ Stroud. We got like outplayed by Bryce Young and whatever you call this Panthers offense that day. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. And then, and then, you know, like you said, also the defense has been more like banged up than the offense and they're improving even with players like dropping out of the lineup and playing guys that didn't even make the team originally or starting and stuff like that. And they're still improving seemingly every week. Yeah. And I think part of it is just that defense is a lot easier to kind of acclimate into. Like they, mm -hmm. they always start off ahead of the offense when it comes to the preseason, but it seems like they are starting to like get the hang of what Ejiro Evero is doing. And I applaud the guy. I mean, he he's doing exactly what he did with ben, with Denver last year. Denver's mm -hmm. defense was shit last year. They traded away Bradley Chubb. They had a bunch of nobodies basically. And they did the same thing. Like, you know, the defense was never to blame. They granted there were the two weeks where the Panthers played the lions and the dolphins who were arguably two of the, in the conversation for the top four offenses in the league. And they let up yeah. 42 points, but it's the same. It's been the same conversation every with the, over the last several years with the Panthers. The defense can't do what they're doing all game long, but at least right. over the last three weeks, They've done they've done their damnedest to keep the team in the, the game the Panthers <laughs> they, in the game. They have done it all game long, basically. Yeah. Like, they they gave up like a late touchdown to the Bears, but it's just like that like that was just one of those. And I, by late I mean in the third quarter, but it's just like yeah they can't stop them forever. 
if they, especially with the field if like the offense isn't moving the ball and the other team's getting the ball not long ways to go. Special shout out as well to uh, DJ to or excuse me Dante Jackson who had to basically shadow DJ Moore the entire game with the Bears. <laughs> now granted Tyson Badgen is not a quarterback to write home about, but he held DJ Moore to 50 yards. I would have yeah. expected a lot worse than that for a guy who scored four touchdowns in one fucking game at one point this year. <laughs> like, yeah. and, I think, <laughs> and I think the biggest uh, of those plays, the 16 yard one, I think was just like a bubble screen that he ran out. Like it wasn't like mm-hmm. a coverage thing. It wasn't, you know, where he got beat down the field or anything. It was just like a bubble screen and blockers clogged it up and he ran, you know, the DJ Moore thing got some yak. So, yeah. Which Good. I think that's a testament to Ajira Evero as well, because he clearly... Dante Jackson is fine. He's a good starting corner, I'd say. Good mm. cornerback, too. But I feel like that's a situation where Evero just schemed it up perfectly, yep. where Jackson was never put in a, a position where he was going to get destroyed. There were right. a couple times down the field where he was like running with DJ Moore, but he was never in a position where I felt like he was on... He was at risk of getting just, of getting blown up by DJ Moore. So do you know how many uh plays of 20 or more yards the Panthers have given up in the last 3 games? Uh is it zero? It's one. And it was the play one. that wow. Noah Brown was out of bounds and the ball got tipped so he was legally allowed to catch it and then ran up the field. That's right. <laughs> the dumbest the similar play happened uh I think this past weekend. It's the dumbest like most like random rule. Right. <laughs> We're like, if it, the if Dante Jackson doesn't tip the pass, it's a penalty. Not only is it not a completion, it's a penalty on the Texans, but because the ball got brushed off his fingertip in the air, uh, it's a legal catch and a huge game. Well, on the flip side, if the ball's tipped, you're allowed to tackle whoever's around the ball. So, mm. I, yeah, it's just it's just it's a weird. Kind it's of, a it very weird seems rule. Arbitrary. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like the rule is just like if you're if you're like out of bounds, you can't be like the first player to like possess it. Maybe not touch it is a weird way to phrase that rule right but anyway that's a that's a couple weeks old problem by now um right so i guess uh real quick to like look ahead for like a couple minutes yeah uh if there's one thing that's like hopeful is this weekend's game against the cowboys is like the last game against a good team depending on how good you think the jaguars are the Jaguars is a is a winnable game just based on the personnel looking at. Now, granted, that depends on if the Panthers even have a defense to field by then. But you know, <laughs> right? Um, but I that I feel like that is a winnable game just based on the matchups, especially if the secondary can stay healthy. Please, J.C. Horn, please, for the love of God, um, <laughs> please prove you right. Yeah, I'm t- I'm so tired of 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 <laughs> of it all with him. But because I love the guy, I love that guy as a player when he's healthy. But um. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like they, the Panthers, if the Panthers walk, like get out of this, get out of this horrible start of the season and end the season with like five wins, I mean, it's not the worst thing. It means they showed some progress. Yeah, we all kind of forget, not forget, but definitely would soften the 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 anger. I think over the the start, like the first half of the season, over half of the season. But yeah, it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we. Weird thing is three straight road games after this Cowboys game, and then three or four at home to finish the season. And it's Falcons, Packers, Jaguars, Buccaneers, and all four of those are winnable games. Yep. 
just depends on which Baker Mayfield shows up and just depends on which quarterback is playing for the Falcons. So, yeah, um, but the way the defense is playing, like all like after the Cowboys, like the defense could very feasibly hold. I don't know if they would. They won't. I don't think they would do it every week, but they could feasibly hold all those teams under 20 points. I mean, they've done it the last three weeks to similar caliber teams. Um, and we just need the offense to get like a little, just like score like three touchdowns once or twice. Yeah. Sneak, steal some wins. Or get a pick six or get the special teams to make a play, which by, which yeah. another, another thing we never mentioned, but the special teams has also been fantastic this year. Yep. So just Panthers. Shame. Pan- the Panthers are Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> except, except the Panthers don't win because it's, they're playing in the NFL and te- other teams can still score. Yeah. In the NFL, you can't win when you're, when the only touchdown that you've scored was a, punt return so (laughs) yeah yeah so but before we end the show uh, i guess let's go with the uh the the scoring prediction for the dallas cowboys game at home in carolina panthers 14 and both of those are in like the fourth quarter cowboys 156 (laughs) 156 no you know what i I wouldn't be if they got to a if they got to a hundred points. I wouldn't even be mad at that point. I would just be enjoying it. I'd be enjoying the fuck like out we're of witness, it. We're witnessing history. We're witnesses to history. The Panthers are a part of it. Um, Forty-nine to seventeen, Cowboys over Panthers. <laughs> My real one would be like thirty-five, seventeen, and where it just like like similar to what the Cowboys have done the last couple weeks, where like they're they'll force a couple turnovers, score some quick touchdowns, and then the Panthers are playing from behind and their pass rush is teeing off, and then the Cowboys will excuse me, eventually just kind of like call the dogs off and the Panthers can Turtle. grab a couple yeah. couple garbage touchdowns against garbage time touchdowns against vanilla like prevent defenses against backups and make the score look like it wasn't as bad as it was. Yeah, if the if the Cardinals game didn't happen earlier this year to show them like, hey, you can't look past NFL teams. I might have been yeah. a little more optimistic, but I have a feeling they're coming to this game and be like, we're going to blow the doors <laughs> off this team. Right. In the first that was, half. that like, was their yeah. one. That was their one uh, overlook opponent. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're not doing that again. I mean, they just, they, yeah. they beat the Giants 89 to 17 across two games. Yeah. And like, yeah, they're, they've, other than the Cardinals, they've destroyed bad teams. Yep. So, and That's the Panthers are supposed to do. Panthers, believe it or not, hot take are bad. The worst team in football by record at this point. Yeah, that's what that's what people Gotta are saying. It. <laughs> it's not it's not even what people are saying. It's what it's what the record says. <laughs> yeah. Word on the streets is the Panthers are bad. Yeah, word on the streets. We'll see. Maybe they'll <laughs> do the most Panthers thing of all time and pull out a win against the Cowboys. That would be hilarious if only would, just to yeah. see Cowboys fans pain. That would so. that would. Uh, make this the whole season worth it. Frank Reich job yep. secured. Yep. Congratulations, Frank. You've you've secured <laughs> our, our you've secured our our blessing for at least another year if you beat yep. the Cowboys somehow. No matter yeah. what how else happens the rest of the year. <laughs> right. Panthers are two and fifteen, <laughs> but they beat the they covered a ten and a half. They beat a the Cowboys is like ten point underdogs at home. You're fine. Yeah. Which I'm surprised it's only like ten and a half last I saw. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, the betting lines have been really weird this year, but yeah, I think that about covers it then. Mm-hmm. Um, Quick show because no one wants to hear us talk about the Panthers for an hour and a half. 
Well, it's also just a lot of hammering on the same things. The Panthers right. suck. The coaches suck. The wide receivers suck. The offensive line yeah. sucks. I wish the defense wasn't so hurt. Bryce Young is short. Why didn't we draft <laughs> C.J. Stroud? You know, all that stuff. Yeah. So, but Thoughts. We'll repeat it all again in a couple weeks. I'm sure we will. But anyway, from all of us here on the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by John as always. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy. And if uh, you happen to find yourself watching the Panthers game on Sunday, I uh, hope you find some enjoyment in it. Good luck. See ya. See ya.